I'm Fathery. I'm Aaron. And I'm Brandy. And this is Text Trek slash Drawn to Trek. Captain's log, star date 7403.6. pretending to do a captain's log? I saw that, but I don't believe it. A Vendorian doctor. Ah, uh, shapeshifter? Ah, Look, I can set you up with somebody great on the Cerritos. There's that Felosian and Tactical. She seems like a nice plant person. Intelligent plants? Orion's little game of neutrality and piracy is over. For your information, many Orions haven't been pirates for over five years! Time to take this puppy off its leash! Warp me! Welcome back aboard the Starship Texas for the 256th installment of the Text Trek podcast, the home of Star Trek fandom from deep in the heart of Texas, where we take a deep look at Star Trek, old and new. And uh, tonight we are starting our joint mission. You know, uh, Aaron, this is kind of like when you have like two starships in yeah. in Starfleet and they're like on a, on a joint mission together. But yeah, that's kind of what we're doing. So we'll argue over who's going to be in command and somebody will end up in the brig. Is that what you mean? Yeah, one of us is going to be Freeman. <laughs> one of us is going to be Durango, that Tellarite <laughs> captain from Moist Vessels. Yeah. yeah. But uh, uh, but yeah, this is also a text trek number 256 as well as drawn to trek number 12 if people don't know or don't remember because it has been a while yeah, yeah. Uh, Aaron does a animated Star Trek podcast called drawn to Trek and together we will be covering lower deck season four premiering in two weeks on Paramount plus and, uh, tonight we're gonna be talking about the top five things we're most excited to see in season four along with our friend Brandy Brandy how are you doing tonight I am peachy keen and so ready to talk about lower decks. <laughs> I'm sure people are ready to listen. I know that uh, you're you're pretty uh, passionate about Star Trek. Uh, just just a smidge. Just you know, it's only my favorite thing. <laughs> yeah, Spock's my least favorite character. I just I don't even know why I torture myself. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty common, right? Nobody loves Spock. It's like the opposite of Raymond. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> nobody loves Spock. Mm. That could be a metaphor for many including things. Anyway, Spock. <laughs> including Spock. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun tonight. Just uh, before we get into that, I do need to say thank you to the Text Trek Patreon supporters. There's so many of y'all that I, I can't run through the credits until the end of the show, but I'll be sure to uh, shout out all y'all, all y'all's names then before we sign off. And just a reminder to everyone: we like to celebrate with our patrons every month. We have a watch party with them. Uh, we're having a uh, really special one in September for the 50th anniversary of the animated series. Um, we're actually going to be watching a couple of TAS episodes. So I think yesteryear yes. and mm-hmm. I don't know what the other one that we're going to watch, but I I, th- I think it's just going to have to be the slaver weapon just because I, I love the Kazenti so much. So And there's no Kirk. It's like a kind of a first in that, that time period. <laughs> yeah. the, the, the first uh, episode... To not have William Shatner in it, I guess if you don't count the cage, which was well, hadn't technically at that point in time, the cage hadn't been released. Exactly. So, <laughs> yes. It, so yes, Slaver Weapon is the first. But yeah, so that'll be fun. You can come into the Patreon as little as two dollars a month. If if you can afford to be more generous, there's additional perks as well. You can come in at a higher level. But those watch parties have been a lot of fun. Also, there's going to be some Star Trek Day festivities. I know that they're having an official 
presentation that's going to stream on Paramount Plus on uh, Star Trek Day, September 8th. Uh, but there's also some unofficial stuff in the works. I know it's uh, still being arranged, but I think uh, I think Aaron can can maybe talk a little bit more about that. Yeah, we are going to talk uh, TAS, 50th anniversary. Uh, we're still trying to figure out what time, given, like, I don't want to go at the same time as Paramount Plus, because I don't think I will win. Uh, <laughs> but uh, and it would be good to have it maybe after, if it's possible, just so we can talk about what we heard. Or there might have the, those animated shorts might happen on that day, I'm kind of guessing. Um, so that would be fun to talk about. And yeah, and we have some special guests that I'm working out, so I don't want to want to say it yet, just yet, in case it doesn't happen. But a couple people, but yeah, some some in. particularly special people. Yes. So, uh, yeah, so that, that's going to be a lot Steve. of fun. No. <laughs> um, I, well, I'm I'm looking forward to to being there, and and yeah, it will be a it'll I think it'll be a big celebration of animated Star Trek. Which We're the is, weird uh, people who took time off of work for this day. <laughs> Yeah. I like it. just at this point I'm like no, September 8th is just like Christmas. It's just off the calendar. Yeah, it's like a holiday, anything. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I took off last year actually. I, so, but yeah, and, and if there's anything announced, if there's a well, we know we're getting like a, a another season 4 Lower Decks trailer that day. Yeah. Um and in addition to that, I think that we might get like a Discovery season 5 trailer or mm. some some something else maybe who knows maybe even like a little bit of news with the academy show i know like there's not like a mm. it's like they can't do any casting right now while the actors are on strike so i don't know what they would announce but maybe something who knows if something um, was but, recorded before the strike yeah yeah so whatever happens star trek day we'll be covering it and also the uh other i guess that's gonna be on the trek geeks channel right the uh, the stream that we're we're trying to uh um, I'm not sure. It, it, okay. if it's gonna be, it'll, it'll be somewhere. It, yeah, it, we'll it'll like, either we'll be you know. Trek Geeks or it will be on here. So um, yeah. we'll talk with Bill and get that all ironed out. If he's yeah, listening, like, maybe he will tweet me. No, <laughs> not tweet me, but <laughs> message me. Like I said, it's still it's still in the works, yeah. but Aaron, so that, Aaron's going to get something pretty great. It'll be fun. It's a, it's a huge deal. It's the it's the second time a Star Trek show has turned 50 years. That's a, that's a pretty yeah. big uh, milestone. I think if it wasn't this year, it would have been helpful just because the strike has sort of like caused chaos with everything. And and related to that, I actually have talked with Mike McMahon and Eric Walke, and we are not doing anything that shows that we're not in, um, you know, concordance with the strike. We're, we're obeying all strike rules. This is an animated show, so it's a different um, union. Contract. Although some of the people that come on are also in sag after though. So we have to be, you know, take that into consideration. So if like, say Bonnie Gordon came on and talked, she could talk about doing voiceovers in animation in general, but not talk about doing voiceovers in prodigy specific. So that, yeah, yeah, we don't want to get anyone in trouble, but no, we don't want to get anybody in trouble. We don't want to lose a SAG card over this or something. Cause it's not worth it. <laughs> but uh, we also, you know, we just want to show that we're also in solidarity with them because it's important what they're trying to get, you know, like actual paid for what they do. Crazy idea. I know. Yeah, absolutely. We're doing the Star Trek Prodigy, or Save Star Trek Prodigy banner thing where the airplane flew. Yeah, we were probably going to talk about that. However, we were across the street from the strikes uh, at uh, Netflix. So we got to, you know, see a lot of what was going on, talk with a lot of people there. So it was really interesting to to get the on the ground perspective 
Yeah, that was cool to see the the plane with the uh, Save Star Trek Prodigy banner on it. Organized by somebody from the UK, which is crazy because it's like trying to organize anything in Los Angeles with people in Los Angeles is just almost, almost a nightmare. So, yeah, it was a little bit late. Uh, and this is the reason I'm very red is because I am sunburned. But it was great. Bonnie uh, Gordon was there. Aaron Waltke. We had the people from the LAOA team. And we would have had more people if it wasn't the middle of the work day. You know, that was that was a little bit difficult. But we had a lot of people checking from their, you know, out, out the door of their, their house. And a couple of people got some really far away pictures of them going to Santa Monica and stuff. So it was very cool to see that. But it it got a lot of traction. It's been picked up in The Hollywood um, Reporter. It was yeah. a, a featured story on Nerdist. So it's like it's. Yes. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited and hopefully that, you know, I guess. What was it? The Expanse had a banner campaign as well or something like that. And that helped Amazon know that there was an audience to support it. So, yeah, well, fingers crossed. When I talked to uh, Kevin Hageman uh, a, a few weeks ago, he did say like he thought he thought Netflix would be a. So that's a very likely one. So I don't I don't know if that's somewhere where they're they're having active talks or what. But he, he seemed he seemed to think that, that there was a good shot of it going there. Apple might be another one I heard, too, which is interesting. Yeah, that was another one. And um of course, uh, Netflix, uh, but uh, but yeah, I, I'm confident it'll find a show somewhere. The people yeah. who work on Prodigy are confident it'll it'll find a home somewhere. So Apple is very like we're technology focused and super positive. That's sort of the idea. It's like oh, that's Star Trek, you know. <laughs> so it's like it feels like that would be a really good fit for them too. Because even in their their big uh, uh, what is it the presentation they did a couple months ago, they had that 3D Enterprise. With the uh, you, you could fly through and you could see all the different rooms and so it's like they they already have Star Trek as kind of a thing that they like so well in addition to that like another other piece of news there's also uh, Galaxy Con Austin is happening uh, next week Friday Saturday Sunday I guess that's uh, Labor Day weekend right but uh is it? yeah that's September first wow. through the third so I'll be there how is this year gone that fast a <laughs> lot of Trek actors are going to be in attendance. I think Jonathan Frakes, William Shatner, Gates McFadden, LeVar Burton, wow. Terry Farrell, Armin Shimmerman, and uh, and more. I'm forgetting that Walter Koenig. So uh, strong, strong Star Trek presence there. I'd love to go and see. I, I want to see as many Star Trek uniforms as I do anime cosplayers. I know I'm not going to, but <laughs> as, as many as we can get there would be great. So if you're in the Central Texas area, please anime uh, Star Trek come uniforms. by. <laughs> I guess then. that's kind of what they have on lower. I'll, I'll wear a lower decks uniform. Be like, yeah, I'm, yeah, that's I'm true. kind of anime-ish, right? Absolutely. All the nerds around here, they're just like big, like uh, into anime. I don't know. Maybe it's like that everywhere these days. Yeah, but I think this is it's like that fair amount. Too. Yeah, we have an anime con- expo or something in uh, the LA Convention Center every year. We get a lot of anime conventions in Texas because Funimation is headquartered in Dallas. Ah, but and a lot of the like the voice actors live around here. Because you I mean like they they work in Dallas, so it makes sense. But uh, that's that's all we got as far as like news goes. But we uh, we we are joined by uh, a lovely guest, uh, Brandy. So uh, Brandy, if you'd like to just introduce yourself to our audience here, and and please tell us uh, just uh, like how did you get into into Star Trek? <laughs> well, um, I'm Brandy Jackola. Hello, everyone. Um, I see there's someone in the chat that actually knows who I am. So yay! <laughs> Besides my husband, I mean. And uh, well, how did I get into Trek? I didn't really have a choice. I was born into it. <laughs> so 
<laughs> but that's not to say that I wouldn't have chosen it if I had been given the choice. Star Trek because, cast or something. Yeah, yeah. Pretty, pretty much my, my parents were watching it while they were dating. They got married in 1968. I was born oh, wow. in 1973. And so the original series was already in syndication by that point. And in our state, in our city, it was literally on every day of the week. There was at least one episode on every wow. day of the week. And sometimes Sometimes there was a block of two or three on the weekend on Saturday and Sunday. And so I don't know a time before Trek. I couldn't tell you what my first Trek episode is because I yeah. was so young that I can't access those memories. And uh, I do remember being terrified by Trek <laughs> many times. And uh, that was actually one of the scariest the creepy episodes. head in the credits. Ah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, mm, yeah. Baylock. Baylock, yeah. And the... The Devil in the Dark is responsible for my Spock fandom because it was the episode that terrified me so much. I thought that the Horta was hurting Spock when he was melding with it, even though they hadn't figured out the meld stuff and he wasn't actually touching the Horta and they didn't call it a mind meld until like season three. But uh, I thought that, that, he, that the Horta was hurting him. <laughs> so I got very upset. And that's when I realized, oh, this is my favorite person on this show. So a lifetime love was born of oh. both Trek and Spock. And I've we've watched we would watch it together as a family when Next Generation came out. We start we watched his family, Deep Space Nine, Voyager. Right around the time of late Deep Space Nine and Voyager, people started leaving and getting married. And so it wasn't always the family altogether, but we've all continued to watch Star Trek throughout our lives, our entire family. And, and thanks to my parents who are sadly no longer with us, but you know, they instilled a lifelong fascination with Trek and with sci-fi in general. That is so cool to hear. I'm glad that you had those those experiences. Yeah. I, I had kind of like the the opposite journey. Like no one in my family ever watched Star Trek at all. I don't like. I just by luck stumbled into it as a kid. But uh, yeah, that's that's really cool. Well, uh, we're going to be sharing the the top five things we want to see in Lower Decks season four. It's a format that the the text Trek audience might remember we've, we've done it a few times before just recently going into star trek strange new world season three but yeah, I, i've asked uh, aaron and brandy to uh, come up with a list of the the top five things they want to see and then none of us I, I think we've none of us have like revealed our list to each other mm -mm. so this will all be surprises to ourselves um, be great if they were all exactly the same which is really weird <laughs> oh oh they're not i can yeah. guarantee i've got at least two weird ones up in here well, so we, we like we like weird ones so uh, that keeps things interesting, right? Yes. Yes. But if there is overlap, that's fine. If 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 someone says like, "Oh, your number four is the same as my number two, then you know, you we can we can bring it up then and and share what you want to say about it, or you can wait till you know it's your turn later. But yeah, we'll just go around and um, I don't know uh, who who would like to go first. I can if if y'all want me to like set the tempo or if maybe well, if we weird is part of the job. Our, maybe the brandy should do. <laughs> yeah, let our let our oh, guest go first. Thanks. Yeah. 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 Okay, so um, my number five is I want on-screen canon confirmation that Dr. Jillian Taylor created cetacean ops, and I want to see more aquatic mammals. Mm -hmm. There can be more than just two beluga whales up in there. Come on. I had not I even pondered the possibility of that, but that, 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 that just became my head canon. Yeah. Dr. Taylor <laughs> invented 
Citation Ops. Which is hilarious because just before this, I found a video that somebody created. It's done like an old Unsolved Mysteries. And they must have used an AI because the guy sounds exactly like Robert Stack. And it's the Unsolved Mystery of Dr. Jillian Taylor, who disappeared in the late summer of 1986. <laughs> and it's just, it's hilarious. You, I, I put it on Twitter. You'll have to take a look at it. That is great. Yeah. But but yeah, like uh, Dr. Taylor uh, was great. also yeah. like... You know, Star Trek Four was right before season one of TNG when they would have been like designing the Enterprise. So I don't know. Like I almost want to ask like Mike Okuda or Andy Probert or any of those people like working on like early TNG. Like was that like intentional? Were you like yeah, thinking of Star Trek Four? You know, like you just had like the humpbacks go to the twenty third century and now you're putting dolphins on the Enterprise. So is there a connection there? Yeah. Yeah. I want it. I want that. I really want that. I've wanted that ever since uh, I heard of Cetacean Ops. Really, so a long time. It seems like Cetacean Ops might be coming back. I mean, like, I don't know exactly how and what you know, function, but it's, it seems like that's too big of a thing now to like not at least showcase once in a while. Yeah. How, how many times did we see them in season three? Because I know like they're in the uh, the least dangerous game. Boimler like runs through there when he's being hunted. We saw them being interviewed on the that the what is it the final episode the one right yeah, before the, the fi- finale the stars at night yeah the stars I at believe. night. If that's your number five, I guess I'll, I'll share mine. But my number five is I want to see Tholians in, Ooh, yes. in Lower Decks Season 4 because I wanted them in both seasons of Strange New Worlds and didn't get them either time. So I guess uh. I got to ask for them in Lower Decks. But uh, no, not, not just not just Tholians, but really like any established alien race that none of the other shows are you know showing any interest in, in using. I, I just particularly want to see the Tholians because I... We just saw them in TOS and Enterprise and nowhere else. And I want to check in on them, see what they're up to. Agree. I love that. And they're much easier to do in animation. You know, no, no CGI required. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be and, cool uh, to see I, their version of like the, if they did the Tholian web, you know, that the whole design, because the way that they have that blend of traditional and, and computer mm-hmm. animation, like that, I think that would probably look pretty cool. Yeah, it would have just have to move a lot quicker than it, than it did in the Tholian web. But I mean, this is over a hundred years later, so you know they're probably their yeah. their web building tech has has only shoot improved. out a web all at one time. No. <laughs> yeah, so so I'm not the only one that thought they could have left like at any yeah. time, right? <laughs> I thought that as a child. Yeah, but they didn't want to leave Kirk. They were like, oh, like the ship is haunted by Ghost Kirk in his spacesuit. <laughs> you know, we we can't we can't leave him like that. Also, don't believe the woman when she says she saw him. <laughs> Well, you know, in Star that's... Trek now, you just should believe anybody when they say they saw anybody who might be dead or <laughs> time yes. travel or anything yes. at this point. Yeah, there's uh, enough weird, weird stuff that happens. You'd think you think people would get used to it. You would think. But also like not just like Tholians, but I want to see more Gorn because I really I like the Gorn in Lower Decks, how like they they're closer to the original series, unlike the the Gorn and Strange New Worlds. So I, I would I would love to see you know more Gorn doing stuff other than just you know selling hot dogs at little stands on star bases. I heard somebody talk about you know the way their eyes look that that might be like the equivalent of having some sort of visor or goggle that their eyes don't look like that underneath. So that's why they look different in Strange New Worlds. I'm like that's kind of interesting, but that would mean every yeah. time we saw them, they were wearing that. My personal headcanon is that, you know, why would every Gorn look the same as every other Gorn? Well, but there's, I mean, there's yeah. different humans on Earth, too, but they don't look radically different. <laughs> That's kind of, I know. Uh, <laughs> we can look pretty different. I mean, like, if you take, like, I don't know, like, LeBron James and Danny DeVito and... Yep. Uh, All right. 
That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. People would look at the two of them like an alien could look at the two of them and go, these are not the same species. <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger and, and Danny DeVito are twins. <laughs> yeah, and then I don't throw in throw in the, the girl from Wednesday on Netflix in there too. Oh, yeah. And be like, Her yeah, name like all, is Jenna all Ortega. God. Jenna Ortega. She flies I, the I, ship. I, oh wait, no. <laughs> well, that's a different one. I know. But, <laughs> I'm just like Sorry. Uh, yeah, joke. yeah. An alien would be like, yeah. What the hell? Like these these three things don't look the same to me. But yeah, Aaron, what do you got on your list for uh, number five? For number five, I originally had uh, wanting to see more like Section Thirty One in Boimler, uh, William Boimler, but I realized we're going to see Ooh. that. I'm pretty sure. I mean, I can't imagine them skipping over that in the entire season because we saw him at the end of one of the episodes. So I'm thinking, so that kind of morphed into, I want to see something that I'm not expecting. I want to see something that none of us have talked about tonight. Just we're like, whoa, that because as fans, we have all these ideas, of what we really want to see, but they're all based on things that we've already seen pretty much, or mm-hmm. some like take a storyline in a certain direction, but it'd be cool to see something just come out of nowhere. We're like, oh, wow. I never thought of that. So that's, that's kind of my, my desire to see that. I think that that would be. I, I think that the writers on Lower Decks are are that good. So I'm kind of like, because right now they're they're now going back and referencing their own lore. So <laughs> right, which is great because we so when great. it first started, it's like there wasn't much to talk about except for what other Star Trek shows had happened, you know. So yeah, that's one of the things I like most about season three because it did feel you know like right. they were building on top of their own continuity. We've got Badgie and Peanut Hamper, and you know there's all those different villains that are coming together. It seems like it'd be nice if they did a, like a, a takedown of the universe-ending uh, trope that <laughs> that seems to have happened in the later uh, Star Trek ep- uh, uh, incarnations. Yeah, but I, I always welcome surprises in, yeah. in any any storytelling. Like I, I like I don't I don't want to you know I don't want it to be predictable. I always always welcome if it's a good surprise. You know I, I'm always going to prefer that. Good predictable. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's good predictable and bad predictable. Yeah. One of the things I really like about Lower Decks when they use their Easter eggs, it feels it doesn't feel like pandering, even though it should because there's so many of them. But it's it just it works. I don't know because we're like maybe it's more like a game for fans to like find the things as opposed to let me throw this in your face. Do you remember this? Do you remember that? You know, so they, they work it in well, I think. Yeah. It doesn't come off as fan servicey. Yes. Brandy, what do you, what do you got on uh, number four? Let's start round number four. Okay. This is, um, this is another one of my weird ones. And this is of course, not necessarily a storyline or anything like that, but I would like Rutherford to make a second attempt at creating a normal badgie or even perhaps a good badgie to battle bad badgie because we know we're going to see bad badgie again we we know that from the season finale he's gonna show up again and i would just love to see a showdown between a good badgie and a bad badgie i had not thought of that before either but yeah there's a there's no reason why that that couldn't happen that would make tons of sense and there's kind of a tradition of that in I think about it in like, you know, superhero stuff because there's so much superhero yeah. content now. But like a lot of uh, you know, a lot of those big like uh, hero villain rivalries, it's like, you know, Iron Man is going to fight like a, an, an evil Iron Man. It's like a, you know, Spider-Man and Venom and how they're kind of like the same or Superman and Bizarro, Green Lantern and Sinestro. It's like the two dudes are like kind of like the same thing, but opposite. So 
you know, have bad, good badgie and evil bad. Wouldn't that be cool to have like a badgie that like we rooted for who was like nice? I, I would kind of like that. What would that be like? It'd be like the data and lore, except, you know, it would just be data and lore if we had met lore before data. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's my hope. I really just, I want to see a good badgie. I want to see, I want to see something get resolved then with you'll badgie. see bad badgie badgie pretending to be good badgie and then not being able to pull it off because <laughs> he just can't <laughs> he would just start getting so angry yeah. Yeah, exactly yeah yeah that would be fun yeah i, I would so. be very down for that yeah and that would be something that like well it would have it would have been a surprise to me uh i guess now like i'm kind of gonna be like hoping for it like like yeah Brady, i'm sorry that's, that's a perfect example no that, that's great but that's like a perfect example of like a good surprise that we could we could get in season four for me on number four i want to see legacy star trek guest star actors but voicing new characters so they've done that a little bit before you know we've had uh, jeffrey combs come in as a new character uh kenneth mitchell did i think three different voices in uh, veritas in season one uh jg hertzler has has popped up on on Lower Decks. Captain guy. Yep. <laughs> yeah. In, in addition to his, you know, various characters he's played. And st- so like guys like that, like your Jeffrey Combs's, your JG Hertzler's, uh, your, your Kenneth Mitchell's, you know, I, I'm just thinking like off the top of my head, you know, Phil Morris has done a ton of voice work. He's done a ton of different Star Trek characters. He's, he's like one of my favorite just rando guest star actors. Cause he pops up in so many things that I love like Star Trek or like, he's in a ton of like Marvel DC stuff. But like I said, like, a really good voice actor. He does like tons of, of voice work, so he'd be, he'd be a great get. Or uh, John Shook, the the Klingon ambassador, and like he's he's shown up on some of the shows and stuff. Or uh, Von Armstrong, uh, even like Ethan Phillips. Ethan Phillips has, uh, but you know, before he was Neelix, he was you know showing up as like Ferengi and stuff. He had like that cameo yeah. in First Contact and showed up on Enterprise. So yeah, like like people like that who just they've kind of always been multiple characters in Star Trek. I, I just, you know, just drop them into into lower decks. It'd be a great way to you know keep some of those old veterans included in the in the franchise. Yeah, definitely. Nice. I remember with uh, JG Hertzler episode. It was funny because it's like they threw a ship at the Cerritos, and then Picard happens. Like they've never done that in Star Trek before. I'm like, I did a video where they like they almost looked identical. They had the same colored beam and everything. It's just like, what? Come on. So animation can be first. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, Aaron, what do you got on your number four? My number four is I want to see consequences for Captain Freeman and Jennifer for their actions from the last episode, the last two episodes. Mariner kind of really quickly just absolved her mother of everything, which I felt was a little too fast, but I'm, I'm still want to see something. We never saw, he walked right past Jennifer. So we didn't, you know, he, she didn't even look back. So I want to see that relationship maybe get fixed. I don't think that's probably going to happen. Uh, or, you know, just close it off. Because I want to see the... I just want to see consequences. I like that this show isn't a stereotypical cartoon where everything resets the next day. Mm-hmm. So we've seen the characters growing. You know, I, I love that, uh, you know, Tendi has just really come into her own. And she's probably going to be a captain one day. So, yeah, I, I want to see that. Nice. Yeah, totally. My ideas aren't quite as far out as everybody else's. So I didn't. I was a little bit more grounded. I told you mine were weird. <laughs> well, there's one pretty normal one coming up. So, but I, I think th- that was, I guess, a fear of mine with lower decks. And so far, it's done like a good job. But yeah, my my fear is that it would kind of, you know, not have enough development, kind of do that 
reset button, maintain a, a status quo. And that's kind of, you know, the premise of the show is like, these are lower decks people. They, they are the bottom of the totem pole. You know, how, how long can you keep people there without it being like, yeah, these people never grow or develop or anything. So uh, I think they've avoided that though. There has, there has been growth. There has been development. We saw a ton of that in season three. I, I think like, man, these people are just like incense forever, but we just found out like, oh, there's going to be promotions in season four. So yeah. that if I hadn't have known that, that would have been like on my list. Like, I, I had it on my list and I had tenants. to take it off because I didn't realize that. And I was like, oh, crap. OK, well, goodbye. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was part yeah, of my same. revision of my list. It was just like, I want to see, you know, what happens to the group if there's somebody gets promoted and it sticks. I'm like, oh, they're getting promoted. OK, never mind. Because yeah, we have had two promotions previously and, yeah. and neither stuck. You know, Mar- right. Mariner, I guess that's part of her backstory. She's been promoted and demoted various times. We have Talen Talen coming in as well, so that kind of, you know, who knows what that was going to do? Hey, Vulcans! Sorry, Brandy, is that is that number four on your list? Did you ask for more Vulcans? You are out of no, no, actually, I, I, yes, I have lost all control. Control, yes. Um, (laughs) (laughs) No, I just, I just love uh, Vulcans, and I, I think everybody really loved Talen when uh, she showed up in three ships because i'm not going to pronounce it in klingon um so i way dude i think yeah way douge i think i'm sure that's wrong i'm sure there's more in it somewhere (laughs) (laughs) i just love that there's a lower decks style vulcan like who is Mm -hmm. so not really lower decks but it is for a vulcan you know just like she's she's the mariner of the of her ship Oh yeah, when when she was when her captain told her that he was transferring her to a human vessel, I'm like, oh come on, that's got to be the Cerritos. And so I was so happy at the end yeah. of season three because um, that captain did her dirty, and her crew did her dirty, and she needs a place where she can thrive. And I think that's the Cerritos, but that's that's not actually my next thing. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. What do you, what do you got then? What is on uh, your list? My next thing is um, because, you know, guys, my favorite character is Boimler. And uh, I I feel like I want to see him still brooding about having gone back in time. And he's doing like random or not random, but regular data purges of old information. And he comes across an unclassified document. And it's the video record of Subspace Rhapsody. (laughs) And he watches that and it's like, why didn't I show up then? Why didn't I show up at this time? dodged a bullet. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I just I just want him I just want a reference to that. I mean, I know that there's a reference to that Pike thing that they can't talk about. Yeah. But I just want yeah. Boimler just personally, not even sharing it with anyone else, just wanting more, just going through all of the records of the Enterprise under Pike's command, just you know, to remind himself he got to touch those people. <laughs> He could recreate them in the holodeck, though. <laughs> why do you think like they can't? No, why no, can't they talk about it? Because like the temporal prime directive wouldn't wouldn't occur to them. Like that, that was all in the past. It's like it's already happened. So yeah, but, but their past is still or our future present. Well, yeah, the lower decks present is still somebody's past. So that can so, it still affect their future. Ripples, somehow. yeah, ripples through time. You don't want those if you can help it. But it all gives me a headache. It's like when. You know, the Enterprise goes back in time to stop the Borg from blowing up Zephram Cochran. Like, I never assume, like, oh, we can never talk about this. It has to be, like, kept, you know, yeah. top secret classified. I suppose they don't want people to think that time travel is quite that easy, maybe. <laughs> um, it's really easy. Which might have like, what led to the... Uh, t- the, the Temporal Wars. Temporal Wars, yeah. 
Exactly. Yeah. It's stuff like that that led to the temporal wars. You're going to so have people is- claiming <laughs> that, that uh, you know, that the Starfleet went back in time to make themselves, you know, stronger or whatever. And then the cling, you know, pe- I could see a Romulans complaining about that and pulling out of treaties mm. or whatever, you know, so it could, it could be a very, well, it could start a cold war, a temporal cold war. <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe Boimler started the Temple Cold War. We, no! we know something. We know something. <laughs> would be started. devastated. I mean, not oh. on purpose, but he he did what? accidentally, you know, break up Spock and Chapel. So yeah. Uh, no, he did not. Chapel was always going to yeah. break up with Spock. I know it. You know it. That is her pattern. They established this in season one. Don't even act like it's Boimler's fault. He it, he he feels like it's his fault. That's it could be part of a predestination it. paradox where he still does yeah. it, but it's just was going to happen regardless. <laughs> We never find out if if Bashir did or did not bang his his great grandma, so the the, the predestination <laughs> paradoxes can get a little weird. But right now, I mean, if we want to talk about weird predestination paradoxes, this the reason that that Chapel and Spock were even a thing in this go around is that we heard later that his Salot was alive when he was a teenager, which means he did not go through yesteryear at that point already. And so he didn't choose to be Vulcan at age seven. He probably looked at his human side more. And so as soon as he gets to, you know, 2270 and then goes through that uh, guarding him forever, this whole back part will reset slightly in a weird predestination paradox. <laughs> yeah. When he, he tells Kirk, there, there is one thing different. This time a pet died. And Kirk's like, yeah, whatever. How, what could that cause? <laughs> or what, could, what could that hurt? You know, like, yeah, okay, thanks. Chatner, uh, Kirk. I mean, he doesn't care about. If it had been a horse, he would have. He would have cared, but he yes. doesn't care about Salots. Yeah. Well, uh, Brandy, that was that was your number three, three. right? My number three. My number three kind of kind of ties into the subject that we're on, but I want to see other current Star Trek shows referenced beyond Strange New Worlds because I know that they are gonna, you know have that little slight reference to the Pike thing they can't talk about. And we're probably going to see that Una poster. I'd be shocked if that mm. Una poster doesn't show up in Boimler's locker. But uh, I, I think, you know, it'd be cool if they just... Because some people like to forget that all these shows do, you know, take place in the, in the same shared universe, the same the same timeline. It's all canon. It's all there. So I, I want to see more things like... When they had, like, those Ritos shirts that were referencing the disco shirts on discovery or you know when they, they they mention admiral picard i think there's a ton of you know picard season three stuff they could talk about that we we know they're going to voyager so i'm hoping we get to see some of the like the, the starship museum that they had in picard season three or you know they, they they could reference any of that stuff it seems like we're going to see voyager as a museum at least from yeah, the, yeah. the trailer. I mean, like they're they're hanging out on the Voyager bridge in the in the trailer. So I hope that we, we actually visit that that fleet museum. That'd be cool. From Especially because they mentioned three. it in the Pike episode, like, you know, how they went to the, the Boimler yeah. drug her to the <laughs> fleet museum and the grapplers. Yeah. The so, NXO one. Although that would have had to have yeah. happened before before this. Oh, so no, I, I know. They... But I mean, they could go back is what I'm saying is like, mm. there's no reason why they couldn't. Yeah, I don't know if they would like mention like, oh yeah, we've been here before or something like that. You could just have Mariner going, oh, not again, something <laughs> like that. The show I would most want to see acknowledged though would be the the sister animated show Prodigy. I hashtag save Star Trek Prodigy, but I would I would really love if they could like somehow like reference anything from from Prodigy. And that's is it in the their future slightly? Prodigy is like a couple years after. Well, we don't know when season four takes place oh that's true uh i it might be still be 20 
381, but they might have finally like moved into 2382 because both seasons two and three are in 81 as as far as I could tell. But if they go into 82, then that just puts them, I think, a, a year before. I think Prodigy begins in 83. That sounds right. Mars blows up in 85, I think. So Yeah, we've got um, that coming up. Yeah, Prodigy is getting close to, to that. And they, those creators of T's, like, they're going to possibly be connecting with, with that stuff from Picard season Badgie. one. <laughs> Badgie blew up the... Blew <laughs> He's up the one who, the like, started ships, the whole... You know? Yeah, exactly. He started the AI revolution. If you can't tell, like, it looks like a lot of these TV writers, like, really don't like artificial intelligence. <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a stumper. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, that, that'd be my number three. Anything anything they could do, just, you know, throw in some Prodigy, throw in some Discovery, throw in some Strange New Worlds, throw in some Picard. I'd, I'd love to see any of the, I, I know that they're going to reference all the legacy shows. I'm going to see DS9 stuff, Voyager stuff, TNG stuff. But uh, let's, uh, let's throw in some... Uh, you know, season four was just developed the last couple of years. So after, like, these other shows have kind of established themselves and have had, like, you know, multiple seasons out and there would be time for the... Lord X creators to be like, oh, we can use that on our show. So love to see that. Uh, Aaron, what do you got for your number three? For my number three, I want to see a Q episode. And I don't know if it would be with maybe Q's son. Maybe they get their own version, their own Q. It could be somebody with a, you know, a guest star who has a really, you know, who's wanted to be on the show. They could make that person a Q, like Lady Q that we had on, you know, Voyager. So I, I think something like that, where it's just like they get to have their own bizarre adventure, which we kind of saw glimpses of when, you know, because they've had Q visit before. Either that or maybe Lucian from Ma- Magic's and Megas 2, who is very much a Q-like mm-hmm. alien. I kind of think that would be fun. I'd, re- I'd rather see him than Q, just because like I've, I've seen a lot of Q. Yeah, that's true. Well, that's why I was saying his, their own Q. Somebody who's different. Yeah. But or yeah. Just, it, it could be like a you know a rogue member of the, of the, of the Q continuum. continuum. It'd be interesting if they wanted to. They said, well, I'm going to join Starfleet. <laughs> I'm starting on the Cerritos or something. Like their their own Q, but he's like, but you know, I'm I'm not a Q. I'm I'm you. I'm you're you're me. Like no, I'm I am you. Like that's my name is you. I come after Q. <laughs> <laughs> what happened at R S and T? But yeah, before so... <laughs> that would have, that was Trelane because Trelane predated oh, Q, yeah. as Mariner explained to Boimler. So see, they had the Trelane. They mentioned Trelane. That's why I'm thinking Lucian could actually be a thing because he's also. In that sort of vein, he snaps his fingers with a flash. He loves humanity. He's, you know, it just, it feels like it could actually be the Q continuum in an earlier incarnation or something like that. Like that, that turns into the Q continuum or it's just a, what is it like? They had the, the Mentaka who are the, the proto Vulcans that could be mm-hmm. the, the pro, a proto Q society. Proto Q. Yeah. Hmm. Like the proto star, no, uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I, I would. That's what I want to. I would want to see just the what is an off the rails episode for lower decks, which is already off the rails. Off the rails, yeah, yeah. And Q would work so well in animation because, like, again, you know, you could draw anything, and yeah, they they kind of tease that a little bit. And that was Veritas also, right? When we saw Q. Uh, interacting like a with a game a, <laughs> yeah yeah weird. he, he kind of had like captain freeman on trial <laughs> or something but it was like a like a chessboard with like playing Soccer. cards and it was, yeah yeah it was like super there's like a, a globe dancing around singing a song <laughs> about you have to you have to pass the trial or whatever yes yeah, she's I, I was so funny because she's like but i i do not understand what is the point of this game <laughs> what am i supposed to be doing it was so all, all over the place 
But and yeah. John Delancey, I think he would have a lot of fun if he was allowed to play like a, a hammier cue that could get, you know, a quite silly as opposed to like the, the, you know, the more serious version he did in, in Picard season two, where he's like slapping Patrick Stewart in the face and stuff like that. And this is where you could actually have him reference things that happened in the future. You could still have him reference Picard. It just hasn't happened yet because he's, you know, I don't know. That, that would be kind of fun, too, where it's like we've never really seen that. And this feels like it's low stakes enough that they could do that. Yeah, you know, the the final scene of Star Trek Picard with, with uh, Q and Jack Crusher kind of is in that vein where, where he's like, I thought you died. And he's like, oh, you think so linearly, like you're yeah. dead and all of that stuff. That's why Q's son would be kind of fun, too. But I think that I think Picard, it would have been better if it was Q's son. I think that could have been interesting. But I think that's probably too deep of a cut for people who. Yeah, yeah I mean, I think a lot of your typical fan would be like, well, why can't I just see like real Q? I don't care about Q Jr. But Q Jr. was fun. I, I would <laughs> love for them to like push that forward. That was like John Delancey's idea actual... in 2001. He's kind of yeah. like, yeah, I don't think I need to play Q anymore. It's like, like, give it to the boy. Let him do it. It's his actual son, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. He doesn't act anymore, but I mean, yeah. they probably want to recast anyways. So that doesn't matter. Yeah, I'd, l- I'd love to see more Q on, on Lower Decks. I guess we should uh transition to the the number two so we're, we're getting close to the to the big one getting close to the final round i'd be curious uh what what people got on that but uh number two uh brandy what's the uh i guess the second thing you most want to see in star trek lower deck season four uh more jeffrey combs please and i don't necessarily mean as agamus i would love to see him show up as brunt or a weyoun clone Ooh. or maybe several weyoun clones <laughs> Just... he could show up as brunt in the episode that we've seen where they're on Fragonar. he might yeah, actually i would show love up. that that would be yeah, cool. i would that would, i would love that give me that because i figure if we're gonna see uh you know Fragonar yeah in in this uh season give me some brunt man Give me some brunt because he's he's good at doing all these things. And I just, I need more Jeffrey Combs in my life. There's not enough. Give it to me. Yeah. I'll never say no to to more Jeffrey Combs. That's, uh, in fact, if we don't see brunt in the Ferenginar episode, I'm going to be disappointed. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Could also do something where Jeffrey Combs plays like three different characters, like talking to himself, essentially. That too. That too. Let's get him, that weird alien from the early days of Deep Space Nine that wanted a holograph of Kira and Brunt, Wayun. Yeah. Get Shran up in there. Get Shran up in there. Maybe they're on the holodeck. You know, you (laughs) could get all four of them. (laughs) Just That could be where Boimler says like, does it just me or does all their voices sound kind of the same? (laughs) Well, Brunt sounded very different. Well, yeah, he did. From, That's true. Yeah, he sounded very different. Yeah, you have the Ferengi teeth. Yeah, yeah, that would be great. The, like that would idea. be even if it was only like Wayun and Brunt in a scene together, because that always would have been cool. I mean, the fact that we had like the two of them in the same episode was was cool as hell. Like I remember, like in 1999, thinking like, "Oh my god, this is so cool!" Brunt and Wayun are both gonna be in this episode you know never in the same room but that doesn't matter and like i wasn't i I didn't expect that then anyway but now it'd be pretty easy to do especially in animation yeah Yeah. (laughs) animation would be very easy to do give it to me well uh my number two which we've kind of talked about this a little bit already it's come up but i i know we're getting to lynn in season four but i want a lot of Talyn. I think she is an amazing character. I love that idea of the Vulcan Mariner, you know, the Vulcan outrageous, crazy one who's too wild, who they can't keep in line. And just, you know, the Vulcan version of that is so 
tame and and not that by human standards. Yeah, it's funny. It's the perfect Lower Decks gag. She, I think, is going to add a very interesting dynamic to the to the cast. I don't I don't know how much she's going to be included. I would love for her to be like basically instead of it just being like the big four, if it they just extended that to the big five, and she's just in it as much as say Tindy and 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 Rutherford. You know, she's just like right there with them in, in every episode. I I don't know if we'll get that much. So to be more realistic, I'm I'm gonna settle for just having her in it as much as the secondary characters like Freeman, Ransom, Shax, you know, like the bridge crew people. If she could just like be in the show with like that level of presence. Cause I, I think there's a ton of great things they can, they can do with her. And I, I want to see, how does she interact with Mariner? How does she interact with Tendi? How does she well, interact she's training with, with Tendi? So yeah, so they're, mm-hmm. they're, she should be around more. Yeah. And if they are getting promoted to lieutenants, if she comes over as, as an ensign, I don't, I don't know what her, mm. I know it's a provisional rank, but I haven't, double checked what it is i think she's at an instant level but yeah maybe she's like the person they're giving orders to you know maybe like when they go and command away missions and stuff she's like someone who has to report to them so it's where one of them gets some uh you know basically a a swelled head and decides that they're (laughs) takes that in charge thing a little too far or something i could i could totally see like i don't know like maybe who would I can be see like Boimler that? doing that Boimler? a little bit. Like, yeah. Because he would want to try to. He'd, he'd want to try to, you know, get it right so hard that, yeah. you know, he, he's like so dedicated and driven. He he expects everyone to be as dedicated and driven as him. And, you know, it's probably not going to happen. <laughs> so mm, we'll see. I, I, I personally think that Talyn will be a pretty regular character because she uh, people responded to her very positively mm-hmm. uh, on three ships and i think to just have her show up once in a while would be a waste of the character so i'm pretty sure that they're smart enough to use her a lot in this season fingers crossed because you know i love me some vulcans and i really love to lynn she's, she's a very unique vulcan you know? she's oh not, yeah she's not like spock she's not like tuvok she's not like to paul she'd very much be like her own character yep and she's done another voice as well the mariners or i mean uh jennifer's friend the one who is doing the salon uh castro yeah was it castro who had served on the enterprise i think so. yeah exactly yeah yeah, she's part of like the the red shirts gang. So we could have her come back too as well. That would actually have her if you wanted to have people talking to themselves. You could have her <laughs> and Talyn having words. <laughs> Interesting. Mike McMahon told us because because Douche was way back in season two. That was two years ago. Uh, mm-hmm. Hard to believe at this point, but yeah. And Mike McMahon said like she's coming back in season three, and I was like, yes, we're getting her in season three. And then later when we started getting close to season three, he's like, well. She comes back in season three, but she's not in it much. She'll be in season four more. And I was like, okay, well, that's cool. At least I'll get to see her some. And then I'm, I'm go the whole season three. I get to like the last episode. It's like, okay, <laughs> still, still ain't seen to Lynn. Guess she's in this last episode. And I'm watching the episode. And I'm like, I'm 17 minutes into this 23 minute episode. I still have not seen to Lynn. Like, am I actually going to get her or not? And then it's like the very, very, very end. I guess like the last thing before the uh, the you know end credit secret little tease scene with you know Badgie getting beamed up to who knows where, but yeah, they 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 really uh, made me wait till the, till the end to see her in season three. So I, I want to see her early in season four, and I want to see a lot of her throughout the season. Agree completely. This takes us to uh, Aaron's number two. Aaron, what do you got? My my original number two. I won't. I'm trying to get more in. I guess than I should, <laughs> was. Uh, I'm just excited to see what they're going to do. This is more of an excited thing uh, with the intro because last year we had yeah. the Vulcan, the the Romulans, the Klingons. 
the crystalline entity, the Borg cube, you know, all fighting with each other along with the uh, the Packlids. So it's like, how does that get even more crazy in this next next uh, intro? I can't but, wait to see. Yeah. <laughs> But my number two for real is I want to see more TAS aliens. We knew that had to come up eventually. <laughs> uh, you know, I want to see I want to see the Philosion that they've referenced two times now. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Like get that Philosion into a scene somewhere. Um, the plant people who made the giant Spock, if you don't yes. recall. But... That they broke the skeleton of. <laughs> yeah. Brandy, Brand, yeah. uh, I don't know if you know this. I know Aaron knows it, but uh, I I told Walter Koenig at uh, Star Trek Mission Chicago last year. I told him like, yeah, that episode you wrote that had like the giant Spock, like one of the new shows, Lower Decks. They they show him dead, the, his like giant skeleton on display, and like I asked like, how do you feel about? It? Like I almost thought like. You know, are you offended they killed your giant Spock? And he he was like, "Oh wow, they they used that character. I like, was that's offended. amazing." <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was angry. Aaron, Aaron was way more upset than Wal- Walter Koenig just thought it was cool. But that's at, adorable. <laughs> at the season two premiere of Lower Decks, I got, I was lucky enough to actually go, and it was done outside like a block party. I leaned over and told my friend Ian, who was with me, just something like, "Oh, I can't believe this!" Like, and you hear from the back, Mike McMahon is like, "He was very old." <laughs> <laughs> It's like, well, you should be alive now. It's like the Aurelian and the score, the other two that I want, like the bird people, basically, which they seem to really like. So, yeah, Aaron, we've talked about like this fan theory. I guess it started as a fan theory. The idea that the score and the Aurelians, the two like big yellow bird people kind of look like big bird. (laughs) One has groin plumage. The other does not. Yeah, the groin plumage. Yeah, you were with me when I was doing that. The, the uh, term that that Aaron came up with that is now quoted on on Memory Alpha, I believe. Yeah, or was I need it to some be careful point? with what I say? <laughs> the uh, the the Memory Alpha editors, they uh, well, they, it they became a conversation a between me and Brad Winters that turned into the idea that possibly the score and Aurelian were like Romulans and Vulcans, and that they because they kept saying, "Oh, this is a score." I'm like, it can't be because they don't, you know. But it's like if they've rejoined, if they've come back together again, it could definitely be. So they're now one people again, reunited. So that's kind of the the head canon that uh, that we created. So I don't know if it will ever show up anywhere, but that's uh, it would be cool. Yeah, I would mean, be very excited that if a tweet <laughs> caused a change in canon, this is what they need to do. They need to do a lower decks episode called Unification Four, and it's about <laughs> the Aurelians and Score reuniting. Oh, I want that. That's great. <laughs> right, I love it. I want that. So, Mike. I hope you're listening to this because uh, we're, we're giving you some some golden ideas for season five. Yeah, I'm sure he is. I guess this uh, this brings us to the Ooh, number one final round. So final this, this is round. A, these, are, these are the big ones. These are the these are the things we most want to see in season four. I, I would ask the people in the in the live audience to please comment and let us know the thing you most want to see in season four of. Lord X, but uh, but Brandy, why don't why don't you start the the final round and tell us the the number one item on your list? Well, it's kind of been talked about a little bit, but what I really want to see, and I don't even know how it would happen at this point, but I want it. I want to see a Lower Decks Prodigy crossover, and I want all the Lower Decks people yes. to be in Prodigy animation style. Mm, I'd love that. That'd be awesome. I want that. That's my number one thing because I mean, save Star Trek Prodigy, y'all. Hashtag save Star Trek Prodigy. Uh, yeah, how would we make that happen? 
I don't time know. travel, I, I guess. It, so <laughs> it would have to be something that like they started working on like two years ago because Prodigy takes like a long time to to animate. But uh, you know, well then you could just go the opposite direction, put them into lower decks because that would be quicker to animate. <laughs> Yeah, it's just it's just a really big wish. I know it's not something that's going to be in season four, but that's my biggest wish. I think there's a lot of potential crossover, like maybe not, you know, have like Gwen and Dal walking around on the Cerritos, but that the Nobulin dude assigned to that that far out outpost, Barnas Frex, I believe was his name. Yeah, Frex. Uh, Like, you know, he was kind of a shitty Starfleet officer, and it's suggested that's why he was given such a terrible post. He came from Starbase 80. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, maybe something Star like, like <laughs> we could see him do something in lower decks because this is like a couple yeah. years before that, it, or maybe only a year before it. But still, like, yeah, show him That's what like, sends him there. <laughs> yeah, show him like get in trouble, or maybe it's not even like entirely his fault. Maybe like I don't know, like Rutherford and Boimler do something, but like it it look, reflects bad on him or something. I don't know. There's you know, I'm I'm not the one who's gonna write this. Let, let the writer figure it out. But yeah, <laughs> do something like that, and then yeah, have him be like sent off to. You're gonna go to this far off post and meet some teenagers that show up in a stolen ship eventually but go hang out there by yourself i like it but yeah yeah any any crossover with uh with prodigy it's like yeah yeah, why not like such a good show and it's like it's like i guess the least watched of the current shows as part of the you know reason we're in the pickle that we're in right now and but it's it's so damn good it's like the but you can tell that like the fans who do watch it I, i i wish that studios understood this like if you have really dedicated fans that's better than having a lot of like yeah i watched it for a season and it was very popular and then it's gone you know it's just like you create a long lasting you know how many people who are actually in our chat room right now too have been asking for merch for like since it came out like mm-hmm. there's stuff that people would buy there i don't know i just it feels like it is it's very beloved for the amount who are watching it where the hell is the rock talk figure huh yeah Where's that? I wanted that. I was that's very excited my favorite. For yeah, that's my favorite character. Yeah, she's the only one who, who didn't get one in the initial wave. I guess the, I guess there were plans no, for no one, Jane but I don't way. know if Janeway either, right? Yeah, she's going to be in like the second wave, both of oh, them, okay. Janeway and Rock Talk, but the we... second wave. <laughs> Main character, come on. <sighs> Whatever. It feels weird that Janeway wasn't in the first wave, honestly. <laughs> right? Yeah. It's like that's just what you do. Yeah. All the people that we followed through on that ship, just that's your first wave. But, you know, I'm not in marketing. That's probably a good thing. I, I think you'd be great in marketing, Brandy. I, I don't know. Like, I'd, <laughs> I'd like to see some some advertisements you'd think of. But Joel and our live audience is saying they could give Murph a Romulan L. That's something they're not allowed to do on Prodigy, apparently. is like, a, I don't know if that's, oh, that's like a right. Nickelodeon thing yeah. or who that came from. But, uh, yeah, the a writer-producer, a Aaron Welke, is... He told us, like, yeah, they, they tried to get Romulan L on, on the show, and they were like, they, they were going to call it Romulan Bubbly, and, like, that wasn't even, they, they couldn't even Yeah, in the bar the, where they where they had the, the diviner was acting like the bartender in the, the holodeck mm-hmm. thing, the drinks behind them, they couldn't even show something that sort of looked like a wine bottle or a Romulan ale bottle or anything like that, so, yeah. Yeah, he's not really a bartender, like, they, they made yeah, him like, a barista, he's, like, he's, like, making <laughs> cups of coffee and stuff, yep. you know, that's, when I, when I go to a, uh, Murphy No Shoes concert. I need to be uh, caffeinated, I guess. He's got a lot of energy, so you need to keep up with him. Yep. I guess that brings us to my number one, the thing I most want to see in Star Trek Lower Decks Season 4. Kind of ties into the, the theme we brought up about, you know, not having that reset button, not maintaining the status quo. We want to see progress. We want to see growth. We want to see development. So my number one thing I want to see is I want to see true, full-on, unapologetic 
Tindy and Rutherford romance, and I want it to stick. I want it to, I don't necessarily need them, you know, to be married with children, but at least like let them like have like a whole year together, but I want them to be like in a full on committed relationship. I know that they're teasing the two of them together in like a Vegas style wedding on Ferenginar, but I don't know if that's going to be like a one episode thing or what, but I think it's clear that they have feelings for each other. You know, they, they've, they've kind of suggested that, you know, when Rutherford was telling Badgie, I think when, it, when he's like, I just wanted to impress her on the holodeck. She's so cute and stuff like that. And then when Mariner had her away mission with uh, Tindy and Tindy's like, are you and Boimler together? And Mariner's like, no, that's gross. Why would you think that? Are you and Rutherford together? And Tindy says something like, well, not really. Or, you know, hers is like a little less definitive, her her yeah. answer. So they, they clearly have feelings for each other. Don't draw this out forever. It's four seasons. Let's start shoving them together and get them in a relationship. <laughs> well, to be fair, in Strange Energies, she did tell him not to date Barnes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, she's is, she is she jelly said, of Barnes? Yeah, she just straight up said said don't don't date Barnes. She's like, I I will shoot you with this with this <laughs> medical gun to no, stop was, you. This was after that. Yeah, <laughs> this was when they were making up. The medical gun and, is great though. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's so great, so great. Too bad she didn't have one of those around when she was trying to scan Doctor Tana. She could have tranked her really fast. <laughs> yeah, that would have been the. Uh, ideal way to handle that situation i suppose <laughs> apart from having a compound fracture in her arm but there, there's really like no one in like a like a full-on like romantic relationship on on the show is that i know like freeman is married but we rarely ever see her husband we see well, him like twice a season well we, we've got shacks and Tana. they've got a, a relationship for sure yeah yeah they have a spicy relationship we'll say like I don't, I don't, they enjoy know. each other they do they do very much so you know good for them they uh, they deserve that I'm, i hope that they're happy yeah aaron this yeah. is gonna be the uh the the big the big finale one so no pressure no pressure the what return of the van sitters no. <laughs> <laughs> the ship by the way if, if nobody knows like the the van sitters is named after john van sitters who is like the vp of star trek essentially so <laughs> So that was that. Would, I've never known anybody who had a starship named after them. So now I do, which is kind of fun. My number one is I want to see Crisis Point Three: The Search for Knickknack. <laughs> I forgot about Knickknack. <laughs> like, where did Knickknack go? What? I I'd never forget about Knickknack. <laughs> <laughs> so I want them to do. I want to, I want them to incorporate the the last two episode or two uh, storylines and like put that together and then turn it into one of those like Easter egg laying movie, you know, homages. And yeah, I just, I would love to see another one. I guess if they're going by how they have been doing them, it's every other year. So probably not this year, but I would, I would still love to see it because those are my favorite episodes. Is it going to be a every other? That's kind of like how, how Buffy did like the Halloween episodes. They're like, we're not going to do this every year. We're going to do it every other year, which I think was a smart move. Cause it was the first year, the third year, and now, you know, it probably wouldn't be the fourth year so or first season, five, third yeah. season. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just really love those episodes. The crew of the Cerritos gets to be Star Trek fans, essentially. Because <laughs> yes. the one time she's like, this is a, it's, it's right. This is a Starfleet movie. And that all she needed to say was Star Trek. You know, that was just it's basically that. So substitute Star Trek for Starfleet. And that's, you know, so just it, it gets them lets them be revel in what they love doing and and kind of imagine they're doing it better isn't that role-playing 
really yeah. and that's that's what these these movies are is it's role-playing yeah totally we Which could combine that with their would... game that they were playing <laughs> yeah, right I mean, that's what people would do with holodecks like it's basically yeah, yeah that is it is like a, an, a giant rpg machine right <sighs> if only <sighs> the things i could do with a holodeck and not in a dirty way <laughs> Although I guess you would have that option too, so yeah, <laughs> I no, I would never do that because then someone has to clean out those filters, and I don't want that for anyone. Yeah, and they don't get paid for it because you know Starfleet <laughs> Federation. So <laughs> there is no pay. I loved when the Frankie was going after Mariner for whatever she stole that they were taking back to. The oh, she's getting that little gold, uh, the gold statue, statue thing, yeah, like, like from Raiders of the Lost Ark. Um, yeah. and that she uh, she's talking about something, and it's like you know who who funds all this and and the what, what was the uh her friend what is the the indiana jones lady <laughs> my, my i cannot there. remember her name to okay. save my life i'm so right, sorry I'm, it, it I'm sounds like one. katniss everdeen but i know it's not that but it's something, <laughs> it sounds kind of similar <laughs> we're just gonna call her katniss everdeen from yeah. now on that's her name who cares what her real name is she's katniss everdeen <laughs> oh it's so cute that you think you understand money <laughs> like, <laughs> which i thought was great because yeah it's like what does she know about it like when Brad Boimler went in, or Brad Boimler, why am I calling his full name? When Boimler went in and uh, played Dabo for hours on end and then just like, I don't want it. We don't use money. <laughs> I'll take the coupon. I got it right here. Petra Aberdeen. Petra Aberdeen. <laughs> it's Katniss Aberdeen. Come on. <laughs> yeah, it is. You're right. <laughs> I mean, they had to have been thinking that, right? <laughs> It's you know I do that I'll I will latch on to the wrong name and that's all that I will call that character I it's very it's a very annoying habit that I have I mean I don't even like like the Hunger Game movies that much I've I've seen like each of them one time I think didn't see Same. any of them in, in the theater like I saw them you know after after they had already been out for a little bit but yeah just uh, for some reason Katniss Everdeen's very very memorable Petra Aberdeen not so much yeah yeah. Yeah, um, Hunger Games was the first time I ever saw Jack Quaid. So, yeah. Oh, I didn't realize he was he was in those. And he was in the first movie. He was back then. Yeah, he okay. was one of the evil people that uh, killed Rue. Mm. You son of a bitch! Mm -hmm. I, I can see him as a as an evilly dude. I guess. Yeah, he can. He he's got depth. He can do lots of things. He has his own comedy troupe. He was his acting in Strange New Worlds was very impressive because you know one of my concerns going into that was like you know. Boimler is kind of like the skinny dweeb and, and Jack Quaid, he's kind of he's kind of a big dude. You know, he's like, is, is he going to be able to like physically embody Boimler? And as soon as I saw him in motion, I was like, oh, my yeah. God. Yeah, that is that is Boimler's face. That is Boimler's mannerisms. Like that it kind of spoiled me for like wanting to watch real live Lower Decks. Like, okay, yes. now I need this. <laughs> yes. Yes. Let's get all four of them in live action. I mean, it's going to kind of be hard because uh orions are not easy to yeah. do because all that makeup and but some people are it, allergic to it fun. yeah it'd be so fun it'd be so fun to see all four of them in live action yeah maybe they could like digitally tint noel wells green if it's just for yeah. like one scene or something <laughs> that's an interesting idea yeah i mean they can put uniforms on people in marvel movies they could do that <laughs> i think change the skin yeah. for it should be doable had they considered possibly having like Tindy and Rutherford like poke their heads through the portal in Strange New Worlds because we hear their voices. So mm. they, I can't I don't know remember if... why they they didn't, but that, I think they I don't think they ever considered actually bringing them on. It didn't sound right. Like. Uh, they they could always 
It doesn't have to be in Strange New Worlds. It could be anywhere, but they could have them show up in live action somewhere else. Yeah. No, uh, I, I keep talking about this because no one else seems to, no one else, it doesn't seem to be like a big deal to anyone else, but eventually, very soon in the near future, we're going to get to the 1000th episode of Star Trek. And I really want that to be like a big wow. celebratory. I, th- I think we had a big giant crossover with, <laughs> we didn't do much, you know, talking about like the TAS 50th anniversary, Yeah, it, like they didn't do hardly anything for the entire franchise 50th anniversary in 2016. Like, yeah, you know, they put out a movie in theaters. I remember people complained to about out, that too. But, yeah. Yeah, there, there's nothing really like we had Star Trek Beyond and uh, that was and then I like STLV was, you know, the, the official 50 year celebration. And that was it. They did nothing else. So I was hoping this year they would have done the crossover with TAS, which would have kind of made sense and fit too. It would have been easier. Uh, well, not easier necessarily. But um, and then they I was talking with Mike and it didn't sound like that was something that was going to ever happen, which is sad. But uh, but we did get this crossover. Yeah, I was thought it'd be fun if, if if they flash back to the 23rd century in Lower Decks, but whenever they sh- they show like the 23rd century footage, it's just mm-hmm. animated TAS style. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And like no explanation, just like that's what the 23rd century looks like. And then you come to the 24th century and it looks, you know, like normal Lower Decks style. And you get somebody talking like this the entire time, <laughs> their hand over their mouth or, or like the yeah, really yeah, close it, up one eye. Make it easier corner. to animate. Yeah. yeah. You got to get like the run cycle in there. Mm-hmm. I dig that, but uh, but yeah, I guess that that brings us to the end of the show, which is uh, which is sad, but it's exciting that we get we get new lower decks to talk about in two weeks. Very so soon. I hope, hope folks come back for that. And uh, I don't, uh, Aaron, I'm you know what we were talking about doing for next week. I'm I'm very much like on board and excited to do that. If that's still what you're, yeah, I think that's that makes sense. Yeah. Okay, so, so just to let folks know, you know, come back. No, just keep next- it between us. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't. I didn't want to like speak for you, but no, no, uh, I, I, that's fine. Thank you. <laughs> people really need to come back next week, though, because Aaron and I are going to be doing a Lord X season three retrospective and uh, talk about what was what, how we felt about season three before we go into season four. That's something that uh, you you didn't get the the chance to cover on on Drawn to Trek. Yeah before so uh, and all of those like little threads that people may have forgotten about or something that we can bring up that you know so when you watch the show you can like oh that's what they talked about yes i was i was able to make like an opening in my schedule the next few days to uh actually dedicate some time to binging lord x season three so i'm I'm, i haven't haven't seen those episodes in a while i got the i got the blu-ray set i'm gonna check out all the special features on there so yeah i'm, I'm really excited to revisit season three and oh, in preparation right. of season thing. four yeah. i didn't watch it on blu-ray i was just watching it on uh, on paramount plus i should do that and uh brandy you'll be talking about lower decks i assume with uh with our friend dan gunther on the uh, the unready room on on youtube Yes, that will definitely be happening. And uh, the time may change depending on Dan's work schedule. Right now, the most recently, we've been doing it at noon Mountain Time um, on Saturdays. If you don't know what noon Mountain Time is, then look in your phone because you have a world clock in there and you can <laughs> figure out what time zone is is your time. Okay, I'm not going to lay that out for you. You can figure that out on your own. You're smart enough. I believe this in is you. the ca- same conversation we had about Fathery's time zone on, on our. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing, Brandy. I'm sure you'll agree with me, but 
East Coast people and West Coast people both forget that like other time zones exist. East Coast are the worst about it. Like they, they're like, they're like yeah, East assume... Coast does. I think West Coast people know that yeah. everything's before them. So yeah, yeah, y'all, like... y'all are more aware. Like you know, yeah. like you wake up and like all like the big news has already been announced because you know, like you're nine a.m. It's going to be like New York's noon. So, uh, yeah. but but yeah, like people on the East Coast, they think like when you say like nine o'clock East Coast, it's like e- you know they they think they should just say like nine o'clock and everyone knows it's like oh yeah nine o'clock Eastern time. Like that's. Yeah. yeah we you know why I think modern audiences don't probably know that as much is because they didn't get commercials that would say, you know, 9 p.m. Pacific, you know, 3 whatever, you know, it would kind of it would occasionally give you all the different if it's central or mountain or whatever. Um, oh, no, 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 no. Mountain was never included oh, in, in Washington State. It was. Well, That's was weird. it isn't here. It was never. It was always wow. East Coast, Central Pacific. We were huh. nothing to them. That's back in the did. 80s aaron we did that in our in our promo for like the return of drawn to trek yeah and we're like well we'll stream on the text trek youtube channel at the yeah here's you the said, central pacific and east yeah time I, zones but yeah we did leave mountain out we, we snubbed the mountain mm-hmm. time zone so apologies <laughs> see still yeah. happening 30 years later 40 years <laughs> we later, need to go back and edit that. <laughs> we exist and dan and i are even in the same time zone we're both in mountain to be honest we weren't even going to mention eastern we just sort of, just sort of came out at the same time it's, it's fine but yeah we do that we do that so uh we do that for every new episode of trek and uh i love doing it it's one of the highlights of my week so we'll be back definitely for lower decks and you're on some other uh podcast also yeah, uh, a lot of something. podcasts right. uh, well where, where, where can people listen all, to you they're not all going right now but uh <laughs> i do have uh, the one that I, I'm just finishing up, there were a lot of delays, but uh, I have a Strange New Worlds podcast called Boldly Go, and I still have yet to get the final episode for the season out on that. There was uh, some complications with illness and such that delayed recording for those, but uh, episode uh, this for the ninth episode, it got released yesterday, and I'm hoping to get that tenth episode released sometime next week. And uh, I do have two other podcasts. Um, they're both in hiatus right now, but I have What the Future Holds, which is about Star Trek Discovery and the uh, Vedic Assembly, which is about, oh, I don't know. Oh, yeah, Deep Space Nine. <laughs> so hopefully I'm going to get both of those back up and running, especially with uh, Discovery coming in 2024. And uh, yeah, I, I went through a lot of life changes like in the past year, and it just kind of messed everything up some some really big things happened and some other really big things happened just personally not really having to do with anyone else so it's just uh, sorry guys i'm just one person and sometimes i need my alone time you're a dynamo though oh thank you that's very kind of you to say because i certainly do not feel like one Yeah, Brandy, you've you've given the world a lot of uh, a lot of content. So, and uh, I I've enjoyed a lot of it. I've uh, I've uh, followed you. a lot of your work and uh, I I'm happy to, you know, I'm sorry it took so long, but I'm happy to you know finally have, have had you on on uh, our show and uh hopefully it's something we can do again in the future. Oh, I'm in. You know, you just let me know. Awesome. Cool. And uh but uh, take time now to say thank you to the Text Trek patreon supporters who do make the show thank you so uh thank you starfleet so hell 
Cake is Eternal, Crazy Dutchie, Joanne Robertson, John Daw, Geek Filter, Earl Grey Trekkie, Quarks Bar, Benginium, Stephanie Durantas, Matthew Averett, Braxton, Chuck A, and our anonymous supporters. Uh, please, uh, folks, come back uh, next week and be sure you're following us for all of our Lower Decks Season 4 coverage throughout the entire season. And until next time, as always, live long and prosper, y'all.